0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guests and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Oh, should Independent be fact the checking player. and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a uh, cup of coffee in here, please? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So you got damn good coffee and hot. What's that get you? You think that makes you something special? No. You're just like me. Damn good coffee and hot. But I tell you what, there ain't enough damn good coffee and hot on this planet to wake me up today. I am exhausted. I'm a complainer. I know that. But I'm exhausted. Anyway, welcome, folks. It is Friday. Friday is a good day, right? Mm-hmm. Friday, <laughs> February 17th, 2023. Uh, getting ready for the weekend, are you? And eh, not me. It's pretty much the same old thing. Got a gig tonight. Uh, Gocha Oro in Lindenhurst, New York. We might be doing a little bit of Tasting New York shoot there. I hope not. I got to get a, a host because I suck. Yesterday we did a shoot uh, over at Smithtown Pasta House. And the crew was laughing at me. They weren't laughing with me. They were laughing at me. And I rightfully so. I suck <laughs> as a host for a food show. But I'm open about the fact that I suck as a host for a food show. I'm, I'm you know really almost any kind of show other than this I Listen, I'm not um, falsely uh, humble about this stuff. I I do think I'm good at what I do. It's just I don't do that well. It's not one of the things I'm good at, and I understand it. And, and not am I uh, only am I not good at it. I really really suck at it. <laughs> but um, so I am uh, I am gonna really really I need possibly have a a shoot tonight i don't want to have to go through what i went through yesterday again tonight and i have one tuesday and then probably another one wednesday next week and i'm not the guy i'm just not the guy for it yesterday i asked what calamari was and people laughed at me i seriously did not know it was squid i knew it was some kind of Seafood. (laughs) That's all I knew about No, I have never eaten calamari. Never even tried it. And here's the thing. I said this on air yesterday. Basically, um, I have lost relationships over my reluctance to grow up and eat like an adult. I'm a child when it comes to dietary stuff. I'm a child in a lot of ways and I don't make excuses or apologies for that. Um it is what it is. I am who I am and of in a lot of ways I'm glad that I'm a child <laughs> at my even at my age. Um very immature, but when it comes to food I I don't like trying new things. I like playing it safe. Eating what I know I like. Eating what I know won't hurt me, won't make me feel sick later, won't make me feel weak later. There are foods that make me feel run down and tired and all that stuff. And it's not healthy eating that makes me feel good. It is childish eating that makes me feel good. I feel great after an ice cream cone. <laughs> I'm still alive. Buzz off and leave me alone. Let me eat how I want to eat. Anyway, I'm not very good at the the uh, food stuff. So, uh we did have a potential host, but you can't do it all the time. The, the one who was the lady who was a guest on the program yesterday uh expressed some interest and she's been on television and she uh is a food expert and she has some idea of tele- television production she might be a good host i think she will be she was a great guest except for she laughed at the host being really bad me uh, but she can't do it all the time i don't know where we're gonna go but i just know tonight i'm not prepared Today's Mike Schiavola's birthday. Anybody uh, wants to wish Mike Schiavola happy birthday. Uh, To this point, Mike is the biggest contributor to the Wheels for Willie GoFundMe, which is going across the screen right there right now. We're not doing well with this. And this is um, saddening to me. Listen, people, you don't have to give $25. You don't have to give anything, obviously. You can just ignore it if you want. But I would appreciate it if you can't give to share. But here's the thing. Three bucks is the minimum donation on Go GoFundMe. This is a good cause. I know it's not a life or it doesn't seem like a life or death cause. doesn't seem that way. But it can improve lives and not just one life. It can go a long way towards making many people's lives better. Not just Willie and his immediate family and himself but the people who we will pay it forward for once those wheels start turning and he becomes a successful guy staying out of trouble staying out of prison staying out of all the bad things and turn his life around because he's a guy who has proven that he he's a good man and deserves a second chance but like I've talked about all week long since I set this dumb thing up. Getting out of mistakes you made when you're younger leaves you behind the eight ball, and it leaves you with a lot of challenges that are hard to overcome. And in today's society, especially if you're in the middle of nowhere, life without a car, life without reliable transportation makes it really difficult to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. All these... Um, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Guys, they don't realize that sometimes you do need just a small hand up to get up. And then once you get up, things can happen. Positive things can happen for you. So three bucks, GoFundMe. Help Willie get some wheels um, and get on the road. Because in Grants, New Mexico, it's a long walk to the post office. It's a long walk to the mailbox. It's a long walk to your front door. <laughs> ain't nothing out there, folks. I and mean, there certainly is not a whole lot of opportunity within walking distance. And so we can be judgmental and we can think, well, you know, he made a mistake, he paid for it. He paid for his mistake. He paid for it with 10 years of his life. And he's turned his life around. It deserves a second chance. Three bucks is all I'm asking. Three bucks. Three bucks is less than a cup of coffee. Three bucks is less than a gallon of gas here in Long Island, New York. I know I'm preaching it. Uh, I I care about this. And I want to see, I want to see, you know what? We talk, we talk about making the world a better place. Little things can help make the world a better place. You help one person get his life on track. Get the wheels rolling on the road. The man deserves another chance. I don't know. That's a terrible Bill Cosby. You probably couldn't even tell it was a Bill Cosby. That's how bad it was. But it's morning. And I suck at hosting TV shows and Bill Cosby impressions. That's all I have to say about that. Last night's show was a fun one with Dante the Comedian. Listen, Dante, if you're a uh, young comedian, especially, or a not even young comedian, but somebody who's been in the comedy game or even the music game or acting game, any of that in show business. Dante's Advice, Pearls of Wisdom, got 218 clips. I will be playing them start starting Monday uh, once a week. I'm going to start with this very first one and go through all 218 of them. Uh, so I got like four years of content. It's only a minute piece, generally. Uh, but great stuff. He's, listen, um, he's very accomplished in a lot of areas of his life and show business and has been around it for about 35 or more years, has seen some real success uh, and can give advice from somebody who's seen it all, done it all. And he runs a Hollywood Management, entertainment company, production company. It's a good guy to uh, even as he says, attach yourself to. Uh, so look up, uh, listen to last night's show, and then check out Golden Arts Entertainment. But listen to some of the. You know, find Dante on Facebook or wherever you're going to find them, and listen to some of his tips. I will again. I will be playing them one one a week. Uh, and kind of leaving that out there as a point of discussion for the show uh, for the next, uh for that full week or so. And anytime, you know, that's an open point to come back to. It also gives me a, uh, a safety net of something to fall back on when guests don't show up and I got nothing else to talk about. I can always come back to Dante's points. It's surprising how insynchronous, they are with um louis ck's sage advice that he's giving on all of these podcast tours listen and i've seen louis ck show up on uh a couple of podcasts lately that i question, like why how did they score louis but you know and again i'm fully aware of all the controversies around him but 38 years, 39 years in business. He knows it very well. He's a student of the art and the craft and a great guy to learn from. And some of the talks he's been giving uh, or the, some of the points he's been making in the discussions, absolute gold, absolute gold. And again, in synchronous with um, with what Dante's saying. So very cool stuff. Uh, Tatum Shoesmith is going to be the guest in just a moment. Uh she, young lady who is uh starting a music career has a single out called Are You Clapping? Uh and uh, you know, interesting enough, I wanna I wanna talk about generations a little bit before I bring her in. Um Lately, you know me, it doesn't take much to to tweak me to get me a little juiced up about a subject. I'm seeing a lot of Gen X guys. Gen X guys are younger than me. And they're acting like they're sage old men. Like they're, they're acting like they're the greatest generation, which is the generation before my generation. They're acting like they fought the wars to keep us free. They're acting like they are Oh,, they were the generation that had to walk up hill to school They had to walk uphill both ways to and from school in nine feet of snow, fought every war to keep us free uh their generation has it all together, and they hate millennials and and gen Z and their you know kids today are all weak dude, you grew up in the nineteen eighties. The MTV generation. The Nintendo generation. You didn't fight any friggin' wars. You didn't you weren't the rough and tumble cowboys that you pretend to be. You got it in your mind because you got a gray beard prematurely. You don't have the brains <laughs> to dye it <laughs> a natural color to look young. So you look old. You look in the mirror and you look old and you think, well, I'm a and I'm an old man. No, you're not. You're a cartoon-raised, spoiled brat who doesn't like the generation that came after you, and that's part of getting old. Everybody gets old, and as you get old, you always people want to cast aspersions about younger generations. Younger generations are kicking ass, and, and my guess is one of those people today too. People who do have some, some <laughs> abilities, so, some ambition, some hopes, some intellect, maybe some education, they're not hopeless, helpless as portrayed by these. And I'm seeing a lot of them. And Gen X dad is one. I've, I've lost a lot of respect for that guy lately. But there are a lot of him. Imitators. Imitators, these old guys with the white beards, they're 45 years old, acting like they've been through the wars. And they haven't. Lighten up. There are a lot of really, really great young people, powerful young people. Now, I understand every generation has slackers and losers. My generation, the generation that came before me, had slackers and losers. It doesn't paint the whole generation that way um so you know these guys who are on this high horse about oh uh, we my generation we were the generation that you know threw hands hey, you threw hands you got in some fights you got probably got your ass kicked a lot <laughs> which is why you're acting like a tough guy now you're not you don't even look that old except for the beard to be honest with you you don't have the wrinkles you don't have the scars like my generation and the generation before me do so you have no no platform, no foundation to be judging millennials or Gen Z or any of it. You're just at the stage of frustration and anger that your life didn't turn out the way you wanted and you're turning it on the younger generation. Anyway, that's my rant. You like it? <laughs> One of the uh, bright stars of the young, younger generation is with us now. She is a... Uh, music maker music is her life she's got a new single out called are you clapping she's here now please welcome in tatum shoesmith tatum welcome
1: hi thank you
0: yeah are you feeling any of that uh judgment of of the you know gen x generation
1: yeah i was listening to you and i was like yep that's that's true i agree with that (laughs) yeah
0: it's a natural thing for when we get older to think, ah, oh, these kids don't know they don't know how hard we had it. The truth is, the people who are telling you that, it's not the old people like me or people older than me, even. It's people who are never really had it all that rough. They had it pretty easy. Right. I know. <laughs> it is always
1: those people. Yeah. It's hilarious to hear them complain like that. And you're like, mm, because you had it so hard, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh where are you from?
1: Uh I'm from Carroll, Iowa. Where? it's like a smaller town um little west of des moines
0: wow Uh, oh i willie if you're in the chat room let me know the name of that town that that we want to there's a town there that has a high school their (laughs) their mascot is the midgets and we want to do something like um politically uh disruptive about them about how uh, you know, politi- politically incorrect that name is. And we wanted to have a bunch of little people march on the town on home- homecoming. <laughs> right?
2: huh. That's an idea. <laughs> a
0: small town in Iowa. I forget <laughs> the name of the town. but So okay. Iowa, that's uh, listening to your music. It's um, not what I would expect from somebody from a rural Iowa. It's uh, more urban sounding. It's more modern. I w- yeah. Uh, the influences, because I would expect there's probably a pretty heavy rotation of country music where you grew up. Yes,
1: definitely, definitely. Even the place that I work in plays constant country music. So, yeah, my my vibes a little different from.
0: Yeah. What so, I'm are you writing uh, the the song? Are you clapping? Is that your? Did you write that song?
1: I did write that song. Yeah.
0: Um, writing means what to you? Because it, it's different. Um, for a lot of people now, you know, I hear people call what I call rhythm tracks. They call them beats these days. It's, a, you know, drums and basses, beats. Wait, beats to me were always just drums, but music is created different. And so writing yeah. could be sitting down at a piano and writing. It could be sitting down at a computer and writing. How do you, how did you come up with this song?
1: Um, Typically, when it came to writing this song, it kind of started off as like a journal journal entry, kind of like writing in a diary sort of thing, just ranting, writing about all my thoughts. And then I came back to it and kind of reread it. And I was like, oh, those can make some good lyrics. So yeah, I just write in my journal. And there was a lot of lyrics we had to take out because it just didn't fit in right. with. we. So H- music,
0: musically wise, are you, are you working with a producer? Or are you doing it?
1: Yeah, so I worked with a producer. So this is actually my first professional studio-made song. So I worked with Forte Studios in Boone, Iowa, and they were really, really great (laughs) because I was super nervous and they made it a very comfortable environment, too. Uh,
0: Now, I don't mean to be, like, overly personal, but how old were you when you first started doing this?
1: Well, if you're talking about now, because this is technically my first song uh 20 i think i was 20 when i recorded it so i just Um, recently turned 21
0: okay so when you went in there were you alone did you have somebody with your support or because that could be a nerve-wracking thing right you're yeah you've got this this thing and you want you're up with professionals and you want to come off as a professional but you're it's your first time you're a rookie and it's a nerve-wracking thing did you have somebody come family member or boyfriend girlfriend any of that
1: <laughs> yeah my mom she's super supportive in all this so she came with me helped calm the nerves a little bit so yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. uh now if coaching and all that kind of stuff production and this, did you know what you wanted cuz i remember very clearly first time i went to a, a recording studio a friend of mine said did it come out the way you picture you imagined it and i said yes but if i'm being honest even all these years later no, <laughs> it wasn't what it wasn't what I envisioned in my head. It it, it was close, but it wasn't. Did, did this come out the way you thought it would?
1: I think mostly it came out how I thought it would. It came out a little bit more electronic than I expected, um, which I'm OK with it. OK with it because I definitely love the song. But overall, I think it has the vibe that I wanted because it started off as like an acoustic piano song. And I was like, I wanted to be upbeat, that you can kind of dance to, kind of more fun, with like serious lyrics. So I think, I think it mostly came out how it should, or uh, how I expected it to. At,
0: and for me, that that's a rough time because, man, and I'm maybe in growing up in Iowa. It's different than the experience of of where my everything is different than my experience because I had a very strange uh, teenage into adulthood. Uh, experience but uh not in iowa so uh because you go through this phase where especially as a musician and i don't know because 20 was your first recording maybe it's a little different from you for you in in this respect too but as a high school person you have you have hundreds and hundreds of friends and they're all really supportive and you you start doing stuff and they they, they're your fan base when you start out but Mm -hmm. then you get out of high school And everybody goes their separate ways, and you're finding that the 500 fans you had from high school are all gone now. They're all doing their – they're living their lives. They're going to college, and you're stuck with 10 or 15 of your – and even that starts to dwindle down from 20 to 30. By the time you're 30, you got two or three friends. (laughs) That's that's my experience. Are you going through any of that?
1: Um, I I didn't have that many friends in high school to start off with, honestly. I made – really great friends my senior year of high school and honestly i'm still friends with all of them i have one friend that's lasted 13 about 13 years so i knew her really young but support. yeah may,
0: maybe i said that wrong because i didn't have a lot of friends either but I, we were the people i was making music with, we were popular because we were making music because mm. no no other kids were doing it at that time and uh, and so in high school every you know if you were in a band or you were creating music people were your fan because they were impressed you you're doing adult things uh, we're still in high school and then that's your fan base they they definitely weren't my friends i didn't have, i wasn't popular i
1: definitely school, didn't but. have a fan base <laughs> in high school
0: <laughs> so how did you get um associated with mts records you are with mts records right michael silver yeah i am so how um, did he find out about you
1: honestly i I can't take credit for that. I think my mom did a lot of research to help promote me and she found out about him. So I can't say much about that. She's always the one to kind of push me out there and promote me. So she's the one who ended up finding him and working.
0: Are you still in Iowa now?
1: I am still in Iowa right now. Yep.
0: Is it going to be home for your life, do you think?
1: I hope not. (laughs) I don't really want it to be. It was fine to grow up in, but I'm I'm ready to go out there and experience more.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, it's field of dreams land. For <laughs> <No, laughs> me, yeah. that's that's what I know about uh, Williams, who grew up in Iowa, East Easterville, Iowa. That's where where the midgets are. The midgets are the home oh, right. Yeah, and he says his uh, first youth group dance was in Boone, Iowa. You know Boone, Iowa.
1: I do. Yeah, that's actually where I recorded the song.
0: Wow, very cool. Yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> um so growing up there that existence is it, it is it business or is it r- r- agricultural a lot of farming still
1: uh there's a lot of farming yeah most of yeah. the people you meet are farmers or a family member of a farmer so yeah but did there's you still grow business. up on a farm i did not i did not okay. grow up on a farm but my mom did
0: so <laughs> i'm just curious uh so in high school, when, when did you really start, when did you know that you wanted to write music and start creating music?
1: Ooh. I think my sophomore year, I started writing music more so just as, like, to release my emotions and my thoughts, and it was kind of more like a therapy. And it still is a therapy for me, but um, I think it's more end, end of junior senior year, where I was like, okay, I think I want to release these songs, because... Maybe I'm not the only one who feels this way. People could relate to it, maybe, and find some comfort in that. So, around my senior year, I think. Cool.
0: Now, hard. now, when you did that, were, were you nervous about sharing them with with people? <laughs>
1: oh yeah, <laughs> I was so nervous. I'm still nervous now.
0: Really? Yeah. So if you if you are you you still writing? Or do you write like on a, a consistent basis?
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: And even though you, you've gone through your first record, now you have this record out there, and it seems to be doing pretty well and getting listened on Spotify and wherever else it, it it is. And by the way, the link to it, Spotify is the open web player is right there. Um, and the song is called Clap Your Hands. Mm-hmm. Are, no, Are You Clapping? I'm yep, sorry, Clap you Your Hands. <laughs> um, even though you have that, you still get nervous about sharing stuff you wrote with, with friends or uh, peers.
1: Yeah, I do. Just because it's, you know, it's like all my thoughts. It's just putting my mind out there and everyone can just read it. So, I don't know, something vulnerable there.
0: You think people read into that? Because I'm not sure they do. Really? You know, I I understand your feeling because I I definitely went through that when I first started sharing stuff i wrote but then i realized people don't get it anyway okay <laughs> they, they don't they're not reading that the oh that's cool it, it makes sense and it kind of rhymes a little bit that's all there. that's impressive enough they don't really get oh wait this is your heart i did not know i was reading your heart and your mind and your soul here i didn't i that didn't occur to me that's uh, true. And. <laughs> That realization made it easier to share stuff because when you realize people aren't aren't really connecting that deeply anyway, and then that's that that's not to say that the work isn't worth uh, connecting deeply too. It's that people, are, a lot of people, most people are shallow. If you're not an mm-hmm. artist, you're you're not that deep. <laughs> uh, I'm a curmudgeon now. i'm sounding like one of these gen x guys "Ah, these people (laughs) aren't artists they don't know they haven't been through the emotional struggles yeah um so uh, now now, in high school was there a supportive uh, music program for you i mean how did you how does this how do you get this in iowa from being in high school and saying i want to make a professional record what's your first step to reach out to that did you know this recording studio existed and were there music teachers or people to, to give you some guidance on this?
1: Um, well, it's easy to kind of just, when I was interested in music, I think I actually visited this studio that I ended up recording at when I was still in high school, but I ended up not working or not making a song at that point. But it's easy to just kind of look up music studios near me because there's not much around. So we just kind of looked through those and ended up picking one in Boone. So that's kind of the direction. My mom's just always been so supportive, and she's like, I want you to put your music out there. So Good, just, good. Yeah.
0: That's important. You know, people uh, maybe underestimate the value of uh, having a family that supports you. That's really important, but also uh, that they encourage you because uh, they're not just, oh, yeah, that's cute, you're, you're making music, but they actually get behind it and wanting to so you do something with it. Yes. That's, uh, do, you, do you, and I ask this of a lot of creative people, surprised that m- most people don't even think about it. Do you set goals for the future? Uh, or do, uh, because the artist mind is definitely of the here and now. What am I feeling now? What do I want to express in this moment? And a lot of times, artists don't think, "Where do I want to be five, ten years from now?" Do you have that aspect in your mind?
1: Yeah, I try. I try not to think that far ahead because I think it just stresses me out. So I'm that's gonna...
0: a that's an artistic mindset, and I get it. Believe me, I get that completely. I'm one who never plans for the future. I don't even rehearse. I have a gig tonight when don't I don't know what I'm gonna play, and I don't care. I, <laughs> I'll figure it out when I get there. But it hasn't been a recipe for su- great success in my life. The people who get where they want to go know where they want to go to begin. You know what I mean? They, they plan mm-hmm. out a map. A- and I, while I love the idea of being spontaneous and living in the moment and, and being in what I'm feeling and experiencing in life today, that's all that really matters. Yeah. I would not really recommend it for somebody to follow that path because I did it and, I mean, I don't regret where I am, but it definitely it. was not a strategy for success. I think, and this is why why it's puzzling to me and why I ask all these questions about it, because it seems to me that there are people who do make some, some sort of, not necessary concrete map on where I want to, but have an idea, this is where I want to be five years from now. Those people mm. get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, do you give? Uh, do you have people who are mentoring or giving you some advice about where to take a career or not?
1: Not really. I've gotten a lot of advice from these interviews. I think I've learned a lot from these interviews that I've been on. So
0: have you have you done have, now when with podcasters and stuff? Do you are you have you been on many shows where the host was a musician, a working musician?
1: Yeah, there's been a couple. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good, cool. I didn't know there were that many out there that were actually doing long form interviews and stuff. Yeah, it's really uh, cool. Does MTS Records give you any guidance in that, or they just distribute your stuff and and give you kind of podcasting hosts to talk to and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: they kind of more do that.
0: You know what? I got to talk to Michael about that because I think it's important, especially with with younger artists, to have some mentorship some developmental resources to say let's plan out a career for you if we if you're serious about this uh, and because the artists aren't great at, you know artists are basically one side of the brain only the creative side and don't really care about the business <laughs> yeah i just want to get i just want to express myself i just yeah. want to uh, yeah i just want to create the art but i do find that you need some support somebody's got to be the business person maybe it's your mom Maybe it's somebody else you'll meet along the way who will take that on. But somebody's got to, if you're going to make a career out of it, and I'm assuming that's at least a hope or a plan, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you write consistently? Like every day, do you have a ritual? Or do you just wait for inspiration to hit you? I kind of just
1: wait for inspiration to hit me. Sometimes I kind of go out of my way. It's four inspiration you know to hit so like i go on a walk um take a drive try to like maybe watch movies or shows that i would normally to kind of spark inspiration i don't know
0: walking is um a universal and this i didn't even realize this until two months ago when i had an author on who i really respect or it was longer than two months ago probably about four months ago but an author i really uh, respect he's also a musician and he, he started talking to me about uh, how he gets into the creative process. And he doesn't really put a whole lot of thought into the creative process, but one thing we did establish is that he goes for long walks and the left-right, automatic left-right action of the the body parts, whether it's arms, legs moving in this direction, kind of makes your brain synchronous to uh, the creative process because you're doing something that occupies both sides of your brain. You're moving and you're not really paying attention to the stimulus going by and then your brain goes into this creative zone. It's like, you know what? Everybody I know who's an author or a musician or, or somebody who's a writer and creates, even painters, they when they are in a, you know, funk or writer's block or creative block, walking is the key. Uh, for And I hadn't realized that 60 years doing it, I didn't realize it until four months ago when somebody uh, wow light bulb went off so it's good at stuff. least
1: you realized it better late than never
0: yeah yeah it, well better late than never until unless you can't walk anymore or you get to the point where you, and I believe me I'm I'm getting that old <laughs> uh, so performing live have you have because this music is is all recorded tracks it's electronic you can't re or maybe you can but you'd have to take a dj with you in tracks and stuff like that right <laughs> have you recorded yeah. have you done any performance live
1: i haven't no the only live performing i've done was in uh high school musicals and stuff so you want to i do i i feel like i wouldn't have much to work with right now since that's uh, my only song right but yeah definitely someday
0: yeah um is it necessary because it used to be like if you had a song the your only chance on getting noticed was to go around and perform it for people and and um uh, it, is it necessary anymore with with the internet and everything do you, do you need to be out there performing it or not
1: That's that's a good question <laughs> I don't know I mean it'd be great to perform it cuz you know it's your song so I think you'd want to
0: Right yeah. Uh, what about collaboration? The uh, because I want to collaborate. I've always wanted to collaborate. Um, and I've never had like great collaborative uh, relationships. People I write with or or create with. I always end up being like a little too bossy, a little bit of too much of a control freak. I want to do it my way, but I love the idea of collaboration and want it. It's just, uh, it hasn't come easy for me. Do you have anybody that you collaborate with or, or share ideas with and, about these things? Or are you totally a one-person show?
1: Kind of a kind of one-person show, honestly. I think it'd be cool to collaborate with someone. I feel yeah. like I'd be afraid of kind of being similar to you, of do. being picky and wanting to take control.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that, I love the idea of it. I, I, it would be cool. Uh, if I, you know, but even though i'm in new york i am in a pretty rural area and that makes it difficult you know to find people to co- collaborate with have you done any traveling
1: traveling for music
0: so, yeah or just traveling around the country and seeing other parts of, of the the country or world yeah
1: i have traveled a little bit um not much i went to la once uh new york I've been to a couple a few places L A. Be cool. Yeah.
0: Now, what, what did you go there for a vacation? Would you go there for um, uh, some kind of uh, I don't know school event or something?
1: I actually went for it was a uh, actors and modeling, sort of like competition training thing. It's called IMTA. I went uh, out there. I uh, can't even remember when. It's been so long. I want to say like 2019 or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was a. Very uh, nervous.
0: Uh, was that um, disappointing to see the phone? Uh, uh, I'm not going to put that on. I'm not going to assume that you had the same experience as I do. The, <laughs> I find that LA is extremely plastic and phony. And I, I always knew that. But once you get in it and, and be in it, in the middle of it, it becomes painfully apparent that nobody here is a real person, nobody here is being sincere. Did that, did you get any of that when you went there?
1: A little bit. I, I didn't get to see as much of it as I wanted because a lot of what I went there for, I had to stay in one area in this like giant like hotel and that's where they were holding all the stuff. But yeah, I kind of got that vibe a little bit, but I did prefer LA more than New York. So personally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, me too. Uh, I'm even though I'm in New York, New York is very phony in a lot of ways. So, in the city, the problem with New York is it's too small for the amount of people. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's you're no when you're in that close proximity to people, people turn off. And so, it, it could be 10,000 people on the street, and none of them are making eye contact or anything, they're all just moving past like we're just robots, we don't see each other. Yeah. Don't look at me, I won't look at you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it's a very strange existence in in that sense um and and so if if you could now um you you say i hope not when i asked you about iowa where where would you like to uh live your life or you you don't think about that I,
1: i really don't know at this point i thought i had like a plan in my mind when i was in high school but obviously Things change. I think I wanted to go to California when I was in high school, but now I just want to kind of try out different places because sometimes that idea in your mind isn't what's best suited for you. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wherever
1: life takes me. <laughs>
0: no. Uh, what do you think? Because these these shows and these things, that these competitions, I'm never. Uh, it, it bothers me that art becomes a competition because it shouldn't be. Sports is sports arts is arts and i think there's room for everybody in art but starting it in, in probably before you were born now wow holy crap that time flies uh with, with american idol being the first one in 2001 when it first came out right after uh 9 11 in 2001 american idol came out and became the rage and then everybody caught america's got talent britain's got talent you know the voice all these things yeah competition do you think that's good for for people like you trying to get noticed but it also makes it makes you think of other artists as not not the same like the enemy in a way competition and then not the competition what do you think about that
1: i think the competition shows are good for getting people noticed and i think it brings a sort of fun aspect for watchers but it also really puts like kind of takes away that community for artists because we all just love the same thing so it should be something we're sharing should just be like one big happy group that we can talk about (laughs) and share ideas but it's kind of made into oh i have my lane you have yours you're good at this i'm good at this so yeah yeah, it's, it's good and bad you know, I, there I feel- there
0: was a show, um, and I don't have television, so it, uh, and I haven't for fifteen years now, or oh, fourteen and a half years. So, it's at least fifteen years old now. This idea: there was a show uh, where they took a bunch of young musicians, artists, songwriters, and put them in a house together and had them collaborate rather than have them compete against each other. Mm. Didn't work out. The public wasn't interested in that. <laughs> of course, right. <laughs> but i thought that was a much healthier way to approach art and i thought it was good for culture because i do think in music and i wonder how you feel about this is that the people who are rewarded for their work are doing the most shallow work in other words the music industry wants you to do uh you know i'm so sexy here's my butt blah 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 blah. and like what the hell is that is that
1: it's what's trendy
0: it is yeah but is there any like cultural value in it because art has always been about uplifting the human spirit and sharing insights sharing the human condition is that what we've become just this you know sexualized bump 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 and grind uh very simplistic lyrics that rhyme on phrases that you just repeat over again is that you know is that productive towards humanity i don't think it is and maybe maybe when i was young i didn't care so much about that but i was always caring about lyrics and lyrical content and hoping that it had some substance to it rather than just you know candy ear candy yeah. uh what what's your take on that on do you feel like that's something that affects you well uh, because it seems like you have something to say
1: i think you're you're right about that kind of there's a lot of that same theme it's just kind of like sexy you know that all same sort of theme going on but i think that's kind of the big big artists and i think there's still a lot of artists out there that are doing deep messages and great music that has depth and substance so I don't know those we have the you, fun songs and we have I'm gonna
0: put music. you on the spot who do, who do you like
1: I personally like Sabrina Carpenter I I've been influenced by her a lot so cool
0: cool yeah. uh in the audience here Mike Savola says I listen to Tatum are you clapping I like her sound so say happy, happy birthday to Mike uh,
1: happy birthday <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's one of these just past the uh, the Gen X uh, curmudgeon. He, he's he's a, like on the cusp of a Boomer and Gen X. But I think he's um, probably one of these guys who just uh, is angry at your generation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. I'll have to talk to him about it sometime. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it's been great to get to know you. I wish you success with this thing. Now, Thank you. Ha- um, do you have? Are you working on anything like as a follow-up, or are you? Uh, yeah I've, just, I, okay
1: i've been working on some lyrics so hopefully something soon will happen so yeah do you
0: have your own ho- little home studio set up or as, to make demo tapes or anything like that
1: i mean yeah kind of i i have a basic mic i have some
0: yeah it, yeah, it doesn't take a lot when i started <laughs> now i'm talking about in the in the stone age when we lived in caves uh <laughs> i had a i had a cassette recorder and i had a piano that only had 10 keys that worked on it
2: oh my gosh <laughs>
0: but and so i would i would i actually had two cassette recorders and i would take uh the the piano and just, like play notes that worked because only 10 keys actually worked on it. play those yep. notes and then overdub and get like a baseline like rhythm happen and then write lyrics on top of that you don't have to have nice. the most sophisticated uh setup i uh, to kind of help yourself get into the creative flow of stuff is, is my point there. You don't have to go that far back to become a caveman with a uh, cassette recorder, cassette recorder and bouncing back and forth like I did. <laughs> that, was for the, that was the time I grew up in. Anyway, I do wish you uh, great success. Thank you for coming. And yeah, if there's you. anything I can do to help promote the work, uh, just let me know if you have anything coming up, like events or stuff that you want people to know about, I'll be happy to promote it. Just keep in touch. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you.
0: Same here. Uh, my pleasure. And don't be a stranger. When you put out your next song, come on back and we'll we'll talk about it. Sounds good. <laughs> thank you. Bye for now. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Tatum shoesmiths folks. Uh, are you clapping? It'll, the link to uh, the song is uh, going across the bottom there. I do have to get to a whole bunch of stuff today. I have a shoot today uh, over in Ronkonkoma. Then I have a gig tonight in Lindenhurst, where we might be doing a shoot for Tasting New York. And in the meantime, we have an episode of Tasting New York airing at 6 o'clock that I need to kind of administer and get that together and make sure the final edit, because I haven't even seen the final edit for tonight, and I'm sure it's going to need a little bit of tweaking, a little bit of TLC, uh, tender love and care. Um, I'm Pressed with Tatum you know what um and this goes back to where where i started before she came on we we can't discount the younger generation folks there are a lot of great ambitious driven people uh people who are doing things that you might not appreciate the sensitivities of them you might not appreciate their outlook on life that's their generation they every generation has their right To look at the world and say, I want to make a change. I'm not so happy with the the world as it is that my parents' generation gave to us. And there are, you know what? It's their world. That's a tough thing for old curmudgeons to, to accept. It's their world. It's not your world. You're passing the torch. You're not going to be here. It's their world to change, it's their world to mold, it's their world to make uh, political, environmental, life changes, attitude changes towards how people treat each other. And if you don't like the change, you're not gonna be around to see much of it anyway. Relax, chill, understand, Young people can be um, different than you, and the world they will create is definitely different than the world that you want, but it's their world. It's not your world. They own it. You're passing the ownership to them. Get off your tough guy, phony MTV generation, I got a white beard, I must be stage, I must be a tough guy attitude. Young people are impressive. Not all young people. There are some that are just brats. Today we saw a good one. And I've seen lots of good ones. I've had a 13-year-old who's written and published eight novels. And here I am, still have not published my book. I will soon, I promise. I'm getting close. I'm getting close to publishing it. Just keep changing it. But um, I am impressed with, with some people, some of the younger generation. I would ask a 17-year-old environmental biologist on. 17-year-old. You know what I was doing at 17-year-old? I was buying nickel bags of Mexican weed and hope and trying to figure out how many joints could you get out of it so I could sell and make my money back and still have one or two for free. That was my 17-year-old experience. <laughs> So you see a 17 year old environmental biologist who am i to judge that generation they got my ass kicked by a lot or beaten by a lot anyway i'm tired i'm rambling i'm incoherent i'm old you think joe biden is bad i think i'm worse than joe biden more inco more incoherent more cognitively impaired but i doubt joe biden did as much drugs as me when he was young so i haven't i have that as as an excuse uh speaking of which i'll I'll just kind of leave you with this (laughs) little tidbit from yesterday's shoot we after the meals and i you know i've said this enough times that you get it i'm not a food guy So after the food was out, and I did not know what the hell I was talking about about the food. By the way, I have to look into this olive vodka thing. Somebody told me olive vodka is a Long Island creation. I don't think so. I think olive vodka sauce. And if you know out there, you people who are not in New York, not on Long Island, olive vodka, pretty much a staple. Because I was told, no, it's pretty much a Long Island thing. And I find that hard to believe. And the reason I find that hard to believe is because there are national brands that put out jarred aloe vodka sauce. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go with jarred aloe vodka sauce because I think it's probably, probably pretty bad. But the fact that national brands are hip to it would suggest that it's not just long out. So that's what I was told. So I screwed up the the meal part of it, but then the cocktails part came. And as bad as I am with grown up. cuisine, food, I'm even worse with cocktails. I don't know fucking cocktails. So they brought me a Sicilian margarita. Sicilian margarita. What's in it? And all those ingredients I never heard of. Uh, And it was, you know, I understand people love margaritas. Salt is, why, what's all the salt about? I mean, man, oh man, it was like two bags of chips with with, uh, salt wise before you even can taste any of the alcohol in it or taste the cocktail whatsoever. So I don't even know that I ever tasted the cocktail. I just came away with, whoa, that's really salty, really salty. But then the next drink they had me try was a dirty martini. It was like. it looked like chocolate milk type of martini <laughs> with a marshmallow dunked in it on a toothpick. And like, uncultured me. I don't know what to make of that. And I'm, like, trying to figure it out. And I called them, I kept calling them the marshmallow a mushroom. Because <laughs> it was a toasted marshmallow in the, in the martini. But it looked kind of like a psychedelic mushroom. <laughs> and i kept making and people were laughing at me rightfully so not laughing with me laughing at me and again rightfully so making a fool out of myself on this tasting new york show about food and cocktails and all this stuff and not having a clue about it so i kept calling it uh mushrooms and i was thinking you know magic mushrooms obviously uh what made me thought of it it's like this is my excuse for my cognitive impair (laughs) impairment can't even say impairment I stop at impair now Uh, this is my story I'm sticking with it anyway I do have to get to work been it hasn't been quite an hour but yeah it is what it is anyway I'm going to enjoy my coffee get to work and hopefully get through this day I wish you a great weekend. Enjoy your issues with Andy. By the way, Andy will be back on the road. Uh, well, not necessarily on the road, on the road, but going to Portland to do gigs with uh, Billy Wayne Davis. That's encouraging to see Andy get back in to stand-up comedy. Uh, so enjoy your issues with Andy Day, if you are one of the people who uh, follow that. And uh, until Monday. Now, Monday, I have... a. Uh, A unique guest on monday a 12 p.m eastern show with kenny aronoff aronoff who is the drummer for for 17 years with john mellencamp uh played on all the major mellencamp john cougar mellencamp hits uh one of the greatest drummers in rock and roll uh for the last 40 years he's played on since leaving the mellencamp thing it's played on countless hits for other people, uh, records for other people. Kenny Arnoff was one of the, literally, one of the best drummers, rock and roll drummers ever. He has created some of the most iconic drum parts ever and recording. He will be with me uh noon, special noon show, which is 9 a.m. Oh, no. Noon his time. I'm sorry. 3 p.m. For me. <laughs> I'm all screwed up. See how screwed up I am? 3 p.m. for me, 12 p.m. for him, 12 p.m. California time. Because he's a late riser. These rock stars. They all just they want to get up at noon 11 and prepare for a podcast they're going to be on at noon. Anyway, you have no idea how much I am looking forward to talking to Kenny Arno. I've been looking forward to it for a long time uh, since we set it up. So I hope you'll join me then. I uh, don't have a guest for the morning show. But I have a feeling I'm going to have a lot to gripe about and recap for this weekend. Maybe Willie or, or Dave can come in on Monday because I'm filling up Fridays now, unfortunately. Friday should be Dave and Willie Day. Yeah, and Dave and Willie are not a team, by the way. I just like them together because uh, they're trouble. They're trouble. Mixing different. It's like mixing, I don't know nitroglycerin and tnt that's what it's like willie and dave this should be a a, a a comedy theme the willie and dave show maybe i'll maybe i'll produce that in 2024 we'll see i still have 10 months of 2023 to get through anyway i'm gonna say goodbye now you notice i never stopped talking have you noticed i've noticed i'm gonna keep talking even after i say don't forget to turn on your radio i'm still talking <laughs> I'm still talking Don't think I'm not talking